0: Well, um, we want to do something special today. It is Valentine's Day for those of you that don't know, and Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. And I think it's extremely important that us guys in the church want you ladies to know that Jesus loves you so much that he gave Not only himself, but he gave us to you. (laughs) And we want to take a couple of minutes here and give special recognition to the fairer genders. Okay, if I say gender? Okay, I'm going to say it anyway. And let you ladies know how special we think you are. So there's some guys that are going to be passing out a few little things here to uh, for you to take home with you. So guys, if you would, give one of those to all the ladies. And let's give the ladies a hand clap. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. And Valentine's is for you guys too, but we get to serve today, okay? So that's, uh, that's important. Yeah, and... Some of you, of course, are married, and some of you are single, and we want you to know, especially if you're single, that you've got Jesus as your husband, and um, and He loves you so much that we cannot even express that in words. And if we would those, uh, there are little notepads there. One of them you can put on your refrigerator, and and another one's a little different style than that. And we have a little note in there and some of them have a prophetic word in there and so uh, just take that word and, and pray over it and receive it. It's for you and if we'll take the rest of those and put them on the back coffee table there and if you know a lady who needs to be blessed today, would you pick one of those up and take it with you and give that to her? I don't care if you're a guy or girl, it doesn't make any difference. Just just, just take them, just give them out, we've got about 30, we've got 29, <laughs> and uh, so hand them out, they're uh, Kelly and Sarge putting them back there on the round table, so um, if you know somebody that's not here today that needs to be, if you want to save them one, or however you want to do it, but let's make sure, and you, if you're, uh, yeah, I see some of you guys are taking them anyway, for your wife that's not here, so that's great, praise God, or if you're, If your husband's not here and you're a lady, well, take one for him. He'll like that pink. (laughs) Take two for you. That's... (laughs) Hallelujah. So, uh, anyway, I wanted to uh, start off today with a few jokes. (laughs) Uh, Comedy hour. And uh, Pastor Jerry even sent me one this morning. So, uh, I'm going to give you his at a slight risk an eight-year-old girl went to the office with her father on take your kid to work day as they were walking around the office the young girl started crying and getting very cranky her father asked what was wrong with her and the staff gathered around she sobbed loudly daddy where are all the clowns you said that you work with Then, there, then there's the one about a, a man asked for a dollar. I told him I only carry big bills. He said, well, give me one of those. So I did. I gave him my electric bill. <laughs> Boy, age four. Dad, I've decided to get married. Wonderful. Do you have a girl of mine? Yes, Grandma. She says she loves me. I love her too. And she's the best cook and storyteller in the whole world. That's nice, but we have a small problem there. What problem? She happens to be my mother. How can you marry my mother? Why not? You married mine. (laughs) (laughs) And then the last one is... uh, Do you know who invented Valentine's Day? It was a lady who didn't get what she wanted for Christmas. (laughs) So we've got them all put together. No, No charge for that today. Yeah, no charge at all. That's just something extra we thought we'd throw in, praise God. Good to see everybody today. I have a few notes in my head. Um, and there's going to be some more mentioned later on in the service, but all you guys, make sure that you're here at our breakfast next week, and we need you to sign up. It's from 9 to 12. The breakfast is free. You're invited to bring friends 1 or 50, but we just need to know how many by Tuesday night, and so the best way to do it is if you haven't signed up, Either do it right this second or see Brad right at the end of service and he'll do the signing for you, okay? But if you don't sign up, you don't get nothing for breakfast, okay? So we want you here, John George is our speaker and he's like always, he's revved up, man. He's got the pedal to the metal and he's getting ready to pop the clutch. So uh, we want to go with that and he'll be here next Sunday morning. He's got a special word carved out for us. Uh, bring a friend, bring a guest. Uh, John's always a real blessing. A lot of you know him from last year when he was here, and so we make uh, special arrangements for him to be here this this next weekend. You are going to love it. And so, uh, all you men, it's a men's breakfast. He's going to be speaking to the hearts of men, and you qualify. And by the way, ladies, we got something special coming up for you next month. So, that's going to be something too. The last Saturday of March for the ladies, and we'll tell you more about that in the days to come. We're gonna have uh, some other churches joining us too, so we need to make sure that we have more guys there than anybody else does. Okay. Oh yeah, because I get to preach the week after John does. Okay. So, uh, and by the way, that um, that Sunday week after, um, two weeks. There's Sunday message, it'll be the last Sunday in February. I'm very enthused about a message, I believe the Lord dropped in my heart, and I really want you to be prepared to that too. Pray for me when you think about it, and I, as I put together some of the specifics, but I believe it will really, really bless you as we wrap up February, which is a special month in more ways than one, I'll give you a little hint. Praise God. That's all you get though. Yeah, got to be here. Well, today we're talking about God's last days army, God's last days army. See, I just said army, and spy, uh, there, there, he, there he comes Sarge came back in the door. So just because he heard army, and uh, I hope he doesn't pick on it too much today. But uh, yeah, see, he's he's paying attention. I'm going to keep him going. Um. I hope you don't mind me using this, Sarge, but it's in the Bible, so uh, we're going to use it. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this day. We thank you, Lord God, that you are here with us in a very special way. You've got a special word for this special season that we're in. And Lord, uh, even as we read your word, we know that it's more prophetic and more holds more information for us in the future than anything we can turn on the TV or listen to the internet or our podcast from somebody or whatever. Uh, You're more recent than all of those. And we thank you, Lord, for putting your word in your word for us today. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. amen. Well, every Christian should know a couple of things. Number one, that we are in the last days of the last days of the last days, probably. See, I will leave, I'll leave leave myself a little room there. But things look like that in so many ways, and get past the national scene and see what's happening all over the world, and it really gives you a, hmm, hey, this is looking pretty exciting. So that's number one. Number two You have already passed the entrance exam into the army of God. Okay? You've already passed that. Uh, It's uh, whosoever, whosoever believes in Jesus is in the army. Number three, you you have already chosen and enlisted when you were born again. Amen? Okay. Well, have you been to boot camp yet? See, that's laying down your life. Uh Uh-huh. What other training have you had? That's your continual transforming of your mind. Have you activated your call? That's daily praying and witnessing. Now, uh, not trying to pick on people of other military areas, but I was in the Marine Corps. I actually had uh, taken the test for entrance exam for officers training school in the Navy and passed it, flying colors, no problem, but I had a problem in that they would not accept me for that program until I finished my bachelor's, and if I didn't do something in the next few weeks, I probably wasn't going to be in there anyway because I was probably going to be drafted before I could get my bachelor's finished. So I decided, okay, I, I can go in the Army. Um, I, can, I can't go in the Navy like I really wanted to, so I can get in the Marine Corps Reserve. So I'll just be a, one of those few proud guys. Now don't get off on that too spiritual with me, okay? You humble people. But I joined the Marine Corps and um, I was in Fort Worth at the time so the uh, the battery there was artillery batteries, 105. And there was also a headquarters battery for the national artillery which I ended up, we actually ended up merging those two and so we were uh, finally headquarters for the reserve artillery for the Marine Corps. But you know, I signed. I took a test there, and I passed it. It wasn't quite as difficult. It wasn't an officer's test. It was, uh, you know, just to get in. And we uh, we got to ride on an airplane, free charge, all the way to San Diego, MCRD, Marine Corps Recruit Depot, in 1970, April 20th. Yes, I still remember. <laughs> And a uh, guy I had met it was in Fort Worth also that we were going to be in the same platoon, and, uh, so, I mean, same uh, company. And uh, so we, you know, we sat back and relaxed and everything. We get to the airport, and we found our place we were supposed to report. And, and I'm going, hmm, uh, this is, uh, we, we hadn't got there yet. So anyway, we stood at attention, and it's uh, there for a while till they collected a bus full, then took us to MCRD, and we stood on the footprints forever, and um, it's, they have footprints everywhere, you go and you stand on them, that's it for a while, and then you get a haircut, and I actually had hair then, and uh, after the haircut though, I had less than I do now, <laughs> they didn't give you a burr, they gave you a skinning, and so uh, this is now probably somewhere around 1 o'clock in the morning, and uh, we get to get our, our gear and put it in a sea bag and get to march to the uh, Quonset hut that we're going to be living in. The guy right in front of me um, got off the sidewalk onto the drill instructor's grass, which was nothing but sand, and the drill instructor shoved him back on the sidewalk, and he said, don't shove me. And I thought, oh boy, you're going to be one to watch the next few days if you don't get killed tonight. So, anyway, he lasted about five or six days after that, and we never saw him again, which always gives a mystique to it, you know, like, do they bury him somewhere? <laughs> he probably went to correctional, uh, correctional custody platoon for a week or two. So, anyway, uh, we get to bed, I'm not sure, probably 2 a.m. Uh, Reverly, the first night, sounded at 3.30 a.m. So we had about an hour and a half sleep. And this drill instructor walks into the Quonset hut. Get up, get up, get up! And we're all going, and there's a rack, which is a, for those of you who don't know what a rack is, that's a naval term. Uh, it's a bed. And uh, they're twin beds, top and bottom, bunk beds. And so I'm at the back of the Quonset hut, and this guy at the front, and this drill instructor just walks over. This guy's in the top rack, man, and he just shoves it over, and here goes the guy in the bed and everything hitting the concrete floor. Boom, he bounces off the floor. About half a second later, I'm on the floor standing up because I see what happened to this dude, and that doesn't look good. He's like a fried egg, man, you know. So anyway, I got my experience in the Marine Corps, and we go through a battery of tests the first week. Every kind of test you can think of, physical test, mental test, IQ test, mechanical test, the whole enchilada. That we even had, uh, they, they gave us a, a instruction on Morse code, and then we took a test on it. And I'm talking about maybe two hours of instruction, then an, an hour test, and it's like, you know, did it, did it, did it, did it, did it. I'm going okay and I actually passed that thing I don't know how but uh anyway I, I passed it not with flying colors but I passed it praise God and then starts boot camp finally 10 weeks of boot camp and I mean boot camp is everything you've heard about in the Marine Corps it's everything that the army and the air force and the navy have all rolled into one and then some you know Those soft guys in the Army, they can't really, you know, they couldn't really, you know. Anyway, we'll move on to that. I'm going to make sure I don't lose him. And so we go through all these 10 weeks of training, laying your life down, knowing that your platoon commander is your mama and daddy both rolled into one, and he's ugly too. But anyway, uh, after that, we think we've got it made out. We're through with boot camp. We actually had a half a day yesterday where we could do what we wanted to as long as we stayed on base. We never got off base for those 10 weeks. We're on there seven days a week. Anyway, we go to every Marine recruit goes through infantry training regiment unless you're airborne. So like artillery guys have to go through that and as well as other people that are not infantry. So it's just all it is is boot camp again, just about, just in a little different way. For it's a month. And then after that, I went to uh, FDS school, fire direction control, which um, FDC, I said FDS, FDC school. And that's the people that take the information from the forward observers and give the information to the gunnery guys so they can blow things up. And that was another month. Then after that, I went on job training. And then after that, my six months were complete. And I flew back home for five and a half years of active reserves. One meeting a month for uh, any Friday night, Saturday, all day Sunday, or maybe sometimes just all day Saturday and Sunday. And two weeks in summer camp at some unique place in America, like Fort Sill, Fort Bragg, 29 Palms. We did have one at Coronado, which was a naval camp, and that was the best one. We had steak rather than whatever the Marine corps served you. I don't even know what it was. But anyway, there's a process in the army to get where you need to be. There's a process to be able to become beneficial to the cause. There's a process so that you'll be well-trained so the enemy cannot hurt you. The enemy will not slay you if you're well-trained in the body of Christ, which is the army of God. Now, evangelists, you know, there's apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Evangelists love the army of God. That's their deal, to go out and to reach people and to bring them into the kingdom and to win things for Jesus Christ. So, every, But everybody has a part to play in that through witnessing, through praying, and uh, funding evangelists and those kind of things. just want you to know that the the army the marine corps all of those are patterned after the things of god i read a book some years ago hit and it took all the combat issues that they could cram into one book and showed how they came out of the bible and how that happened and how you have the you know you have the people that do the fighting and you have the people that do the supplying and you have the people that do the feeding and you have the people that do the paying and you have all these different things and that's really like the army of jesus christ in a lot of ways a lot of ways. Really, really interesting. So you are in the army of God. You've been enlisted. You've passed the test. You you have a daily test because the enemy's out there, and you have been made ready and are getting made ready, both, to fight the enemy. And the number one enemy is your flesh. mm mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Now the unseen enemy, the devil and his cohorts, yeah, they'll use your flesh a lot. Then they'll use your mind a lot. But your number one enemy is your flesh. Then you have the world system that wants to gobble you up. And then you have the you have the devil. But if you know how to stand in days of adversity, then you'll have all the ribbons. From your war victories. And Jesus said that you are an overcomer. Not a second class citizen in heaven. You're a citizen in heaven. And you've got all the tools necessary. You have Ephesians 6 to tell you about your personal armor. And you have the Bible and you have the spirit of God. And you have the the fellowship of the, the army around you. That will help build you. That's the reason you need to be in church on Sunday morning and not just somewhere out there on TV la la land sitting there in your PJs watching this on Monday night. You gotta you do not forsake the fellowship gathering together, especially as you see the days approach. And it also said in there as the appearance of some is. Some people do that not you of course and you really unless you have a really good excuse you know like you don't have any clothes to wear or something like that catching the healing or whatever it is you need to get in a good church church of tomorrow is one of those good churches there are others wherever you live and we invite you to 6800 north bryant oklahoma city 73121 usa yeah come see us praise god we'd love to see you hallelujah praise god amen amen Well, I'm going to do a Bible reading to kick this off. And first of all, I want you to know it was written, as it says, to Israel. But in so doing of this reading, I want you to keep a couple things in mind, if you would, please. Number one, even though it is to Israel, I feel compelled to read it. it. The Jewish people were in a mess. Israel and Judah were split. There was all kinds of activities going on that shouldn't have And I believe today the Church of America, if you would, is in a mess. And I say that not meaning the real church, but meaning those that call themselves the church. If it was otherwise, our country would be better, in better shape, but due to the influence of the church. So I'm not going to slam people that don't even know the Lord because they don't have very many answers. And I'm going to encourage the body of Christ in this message today that even though we've messed up by not doing some things we should have been active in, God will take our mess and make it look good and smell good. He'll straighten it out. He's not weary and well-doing like some of us have been. He will fix it because he's the number one fixer. Number two, this was spoken by the same Lord that we bow our knee to. So uh, Bible scholars study this passage and they raise many possible viewpoints. Some say this pertains to Israel only in the future. Some say it pertains only to the church in the future. Some say it pertains only to the millennial reign in the future. Some say it's a combination of one or two or three of those things. But we know for sure that it is futuristic when uh, Ezekiel spoke it about uh, uh, 2,500 years ago, approximately 2,600 years ago, somewhere along there. Uh, And even though, you know, there may be a little controversy about who it really fits, it fits the kingdom. This is the kingdom maker that's saying it, and that is his nature to do these kinds of things. So it's pertinent to Israel, it's pertinent to the church, it's pertinent to the, the future. God's doing some things so that he can show himself strong in our behalf. We should always keep in mind that just because some people say something different that does not negate the truth of the prophecy, because truth is what we're all about. Amen? Think about this, that Jesus is at work, Ephesians 5, 27, that he might present it to himself a glorious church. Jesus was coming back for a glorious church. The bride of Jesus Christ is not going to look like somebody just got run over by a bulldozer. She's going to have all of her teeth. She's going to have a clean dress on. She's going to be smiling. Going to have some pretty lipstick on and fingernails polished and everything. She's going to be looking good. Hallelujah. He said, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but it should be holy and without blemish. That means no pimples on the bride of Christ. Okay? It means that he's coming back for a church that he died for and rose again for. Get the right one here. I'm going to read this. It's not going to be on the board. That's what you get the spirit of. I'm not going to take too much time, although it's quite a bit to read. But this is important because this is setting us up for what we want to learn today. Ezekiel 36. Son of man, prophesy to the mountains of Israel and say, O mountains of Israel, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. The enemy said of you, Aha, the ancient heights have become our possession. Therefore, prophesy and say, This is what the sovereign Lord says, because they ravaged and hounded you from every side, so that you became the possession of the rest of the nations and the object of people's malicious talk and slander. Therefore, O mountains of Israel, hear the word of the Sovereign Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says to the mountains and the hills, to the ravines and valleys, to the desolate ruins and the deserted towns that have been plundered and ridiculed by the rest of the nations around you. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. In my burning zeal I have spoken against the rest of the nations and against all Edom, for with glee and with malice in their hearts They made my land their own possession so that they might plunder its pasture land. Therefore prophesy concerning the land of Israel and say to the mountains and hills, to the ravines and valleys, this is what the sovereign Lord says. I speak in my jealous wrath because you have suffered the scorn of the nations. Therefore this is what the sovereign Lord says. I swear with uplifted hand that the nations around you will also suffer scorn. But you, O mountains of Israel, will produce branches and fruit for my people Israel, for they will soon come home. I am concerned for you and will look on you with favor. You will be plowed and sown, and I will multiply the number of people upon you, even the whole house of Israel. The towns will be inhabited and ruins rebuilt. I will increase the number of men and animals upon you, and they will be fruitful and become numerous." I will settle people on you as in the past and make you prosper more than before. Then you will know that I am the Lord. I will cause people, my people Israel, to walk upon you. They will possess you and you will be their inheritance. You will never again deprive them of their children. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Because people say to you, You devour men and deprive the nation of its children. Therefore, you will no longer devour men or make your nation childless, declares the Sovereign Lord. No longer will I make you hear the taunts of the nations. And no longer will you suffer the scorn of the peoples or cause your nation to fall, declares the Sovereign Law. Lord, again the word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, when the people of Israel are living in their own land, they defiled it by the conduct And their actions, their conduct was like a woman's monthly uncleanness in my sight. So I poured out my wrath on them because they had shed blood in the land and because they had defiled it with their idols. I dispersed them among the nations and they were scattered through the countries. I judged them according to their conduct and actions. And wherever they went among the nations, they profound my holy name. For it was said of them, these are the Lord's people and they have come to leave this land. I had concern for my holy name, which the house of Israel profaned among the nations where they had gone. Therefore, say to the house of Israel, this is what the sovereign Lord says. It is not for your sake, O house of Israel, that I am going to do these things, but for the sake of my holy name, which you have profounded among the nations where you have gone. I will show the holiness of my great name, which has been profaned among the nations, the name you have profaned among them. Then the nations will know that I am the Lord, declares the sovereign Lord, when I show myself holy through you before their eyes. For I will take you out of the nations. I will gather you from all the countries and bring you back into your own land. I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all of your idols. I will give you a new heart and put in a new spirit. I will remove from you the heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. You will live in the land I gave your forefathers. You will be my people and I will be your God. I will save you from all your uncleanness. I will call for the grain and make it plentiful and will not bring famine upon you. I will increase the fruit of the trees and the crops of the field so that you will no longer suffer disgrace among the nations because of famine. Then you will remember your evil ways and wicked deeds, and you will loathe yourself for your sins and detestable practices. I want you to know that I am not doing this for your sake, declares the sovereign Lord. Be ashamed and disgrace for your conduct, O house of Israel." This is what the sovereign Lord says on the day I cleanse you from all your sins. I will resettle your towns and the ruins will be rebuilt. The desolate land will be cultivated instead of lying desolate in the sight of all who pass it. They will say this land was laid waste. It has become like the Garden of Eden. The cities that were lying in ruins, desolate and destroyed, and now fortified and inhabited. Then the nations around you will remain. You will know that the Lord... I have rebuilt what was destroyed and have replanted what was desolate. I, the Lord, have spoken, and I will do it. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Once again, I will yield to the plea of the house of Israel and do this for them. I will make their people as numerous as sheep, as numerous as the flocks for offerings as Jerusalem during her appointed feast. So will I do the ruined ruined cities be filled with flocks of people then they will know that I am the Lord. You take this word and think about America and the church in America today. I believe it's very apropos. There's a remnant that's walking in holiness. But we all need to look in the mirror. Instead of blaming other people, we need to look in the mirror and blame ourselves and see our inadequacies and bring it before the throne room, apply mercy and go on with grace, empowered to do the things of God. That's what it's all about. God is the fixer-upper. We've messed it up, and I could say we've done a pretty good job of that, if you can say that. Everybody's at everybody's throat, it seems like, and everybody knows better than everybody else. Instead of sitting down, let us come reason together, like the Lord has told us before. So Ezekiel 36 actually sets up Ezekiel 37. And that's where we really want to spend the rest of our time, Ezekiel 37. What kind of hope is there for nations that slaughtered 70 million babies in the womb? What hope is there for a nation that says there's no such thing as sex? Talking about gender. Oh, it doesn't make any difference, man, female, whatever, just throw them all in the trash can, You just be whatever you want to be. The nation that says a man can marry a man, a woman can marry a woman. Where are we in all of this? And those are some of the major hits. What about the way that we treat our neighbor? Treat, how about... The way we treat the body of Christ. Uh, there, there's more stuff with the body of Christ fighting the body of Christ. That's like the Army fighting the Navy, fighting the Marine Corps, fighting the Air Force, fighting the Coast Guard. That would be kind of stupid, wouldn't it? But yet, are we blameless? Are we blameless for the trans person that comes in the door and says they're trans and we bite their head off or tell them how crazy they are, how messed up they are, rather than accepting them as made in the image of God and then working with them and helping them to heal and bring about truth in their life as we make a relationship with them and give them an opportunity to become to the Lord and become saved and born again Christian and live and walk and talk the work of God rather than the work of the flesh? Yes. I see a healing church. I see a church that will stand up in righteousness and do the things in love with truth. I see a church that brings honor to its neighbor, honor to the people around it, honor to the person on the street, honor to the person in the high palaces, honor to those that are in a service call. That is what I see. Healing in the land. And we are desperate, I hope, desperate for healing. We need healing. We need to be desperate for it. We need to realize there's no other way. As long as we're Mickey mousing around and tiptoeing through the tubes, like uh, Tiny Tim used to say, then we're not serious. There's two things I want you to get this morning. Number one, God's serious about this stuff. Okay? God is serious about it. And, and as we go through Ezekiel 37, you'll see that. But number two, God has the answer. And God wants to give us the answer. God wants to give us the ability to be able to walk through the things in life that we could not walk in without Him. God wants to give us the unction to function. God wants to give us the ability beyond our ability. He wants His super to come on our natural so the supernatural people of God will rise up and make a witness before the people of this world. The, the, The people of this world need Jesus, but they just don't know it. And there's a lot of people in the body of Christ that are supposedly think they're Christian because they've said a little prayer over about 15 or 20 seconds, think that they're born again, and they've got the wrong idea. They need to be retrained properly so they can accept properly Jesus and realize this is the most important single decision I'll ever make in my life, and I want to make it right, and I want to jump all the way in this water. I don't want to just a little bit. I want the whole thing. We're going to read about that. Oh, we read about that last week, didn't we? Praise God. Do you see that there's an opportunity for us to rise above the circumstances, to rise up as a body of Christ saying, we are the army of God and we came here to rescue you. We came to bring deliverance into you. We came to heal and set free the captives. We came to unlock the prison gates for you in a spiritual sense. That's what we're here to do in the name of Jesus. The Spirit of the Lord is upon us. He's anointed us to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent us to heal the brokenhearted, recovering of sight to the blind, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Praise God. That's what it's all about, Ezekiel 37. The prophet writes, The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out of the by the Spirit of the Lord, and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. In other words, they have been dead a long time. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, Oh sovereign Lord, you alone know he pretty desperate to say that, wouldn't he? Verse 4. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you, and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh Come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, bones coming together, bone to bone. I looked and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them. But there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, Prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, Son of Man, and say it. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. Come from the four winds. O breath, and breathe into these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them. They came to life and stood up on their feet a vast army fall in dress right dress ready 2 are you ready are you ready for the call are ready are you ready to march through the highways the byways to be able to deliver the cap To be able to bring healing to the oppressed. To be able to love with the God kind of love the most unlovable people you've ever met in your life. They may be a multi billionaire. They may be overtaken with alcohol and drugs, laying down and can't even talk to you. And everything in between. Remember. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. We should be so grateful to the salvation experience from the cross that it would go without saying, I want to be involved in somebody's salvation. I want to be involved in a new life. I want to be involved in, in helping some unwed mother find a nice place, a beautiful place for her child that she says she can't take care of, rather than slaying it in the womb. We have an advantage, an opportunity, a way to go that God has given us that's precious that's it's valuable it's like we take things so easily for granted I know I'm guilty I'm not preaching at you I'm preaching with you that opportunity passes day by day and they go right past us and we don't even recognize it people need a cheer a lifting up they need to know that Jesus really truly does love them he's real he raised from the dead and he wants to to bring breath and living hope into your life. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say, our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. I really feel like that's where, if there was a a roll call for the church, in America to stand up I believe that the real church would but I believe there would be a lot of others that would stand up saying they identify as a Christian we ought to know right now that just because you identify as something doesn't make you something just because you identify as something doesn't make you something Like I've told people, I've been trying to identify as a billionaire five years I hadn't worked yet. It's not who we identify as, it's who our identity is with. That's what brings life to fruition. Life, the life of God that we didn't deserve that we couldn't ever attain, that there's not a thing that we could do to make it happen. And yet God goes, here it is, choose life. Choose the Lamb of God who was slain before the foundation of the world to take care of us. Verse 12, therefore prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says, O my people, I am going to open your graves. I love that. And bring you up from them. Do you know there's a lot of walking graves going around? I will bring you back to the land of Israel, back into the church as you belong. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from them. Oh glory. I will put my spirit in you, and you will live, and I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken, and I have done it, declares the Lord. The word of the Lord came to me, son of man. Take a stick of wood and ride on it. Belonging to Judah and the Israelites. Here comes your tribes coming together, associated with him. Then take another stick of wood and write on it, Ephraim's stick, belonging to Joseph and all the house of Israel associated with him. Join them together into one stick so that they will become one in your hand. Golly, can you just see the Baptist and the Methodist and the Church of Christ and the Presbyterians and Assembly of God and the non-denominationalists and all the other true believers in Jesus Christ, walking as one, loving each other, walking hand in hand, not intimidated by false doctrines that used to come up, but realize we forgive when they get straight. Yeah. Now, you can say your words, but they will not slay me. But we'll turn the word of God around and slay the enemy, the one that we really have to slay. It's the devil. And we can put him under our feet or we can let him run around, do what he wants to do. Oh, it's just a little devil. It's not, this it, is just one time. I'm just going to do this one time. Just one more time. Just, just one more time. I'm going to do this and no, slay him. Slay the devil. Lay your flesh down. Have your mind renewed. Put on the helmet of your salvation and enter into the realm of the mind of Christ. Verse 18, when your countrymen ask you, won't you tell us what you mean by this? Say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says, I'm going to take the stick of Joseph, which is in Ephraim's hand, and of the Israelite tribes associated with him and join it to Judah's stick, making them a single stick of wood, And they will become one in my hand. Hold before their eyes the sticks you have written on and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says, I will take the Israelites out of the nations where they have gone. I will gather them from all around and bring them back into their own land. I will make them one nation in the land and the mountains of Israel. There will be one king. wonder who that is, huh? Over all of them, and they will never again be two nations or be divided into two kingdoms. They will no longer defile themselves with their idols and vile images or with any of their offenses like abortion, I added, for it will save them from all of their sinful backsliding and will cleanse them. They will be my people, and I will be their God. Verse 24. My servant David will be king over them, and they will all have one shepherd. They will follow my laws and be careful to keep my decrees. They will live in the land, and I give to my servant Jacob in the land where your fathers lived. They and their children and their children's children will live there forever, and David, my servant, will be the prince forever. I will make a covenant of peace with them. It will be an everlasting covenant. I will establish them and increase their numbers. And I will put my sanctuary among them forever. My dwelling place will be with them. I will be their God and they will be my people. Then the nations will know that I, the Lord, make Israel holy when my sanctuary is among them forever. No matter how you want to put this in context, It's a kingdom message. Lay down your junk and believe God to bring the stuff that takes to fix it. Like His presence, His word, and a move of His spirit. We need to be so desperate for another awakening in this country. We need to be craving in our innermost being. We need to be crying out to God and asking Him to help us rather than just going, well, you know, well, you know, well, you know. Billy Graham said years ago that uh, if the prodigal son in the pig pen was there and there's a bunch of Christians just walking by from day to day, he would have never gotten out of the pig pen because the Christians would have thrown him $5 here and $5 there and $3 here and $7 there and he never would have got out. Well, here's where love and truth come together to team up on the enemy. Some of you didn't get that. Love and truth team up together. Israel and Judah coming together. Love and truth coming together. Some people want to give you love. Some people want to give you truth. How about giving both of it? And we're talking about the truth of God and the love of God. Not some mammy-pammy, here today, gone tomorrow. Not just so I can feel good about myself. I am so tired of hearing that junk. I just want to feel good about myself. Well, get saved and fill the Spirit and get in the Word of God. Yeah, lead somebody to the Lord. You'll be jumping for joy. (laughs) Yeah, get it off your eyes and put it on somebody else. Amen. I believe this is key, and I believe Church of Tomorrow has a part in this. A good part, a big part for this smaller church size, I tell people we're a mega church because we're big inside. Hallelujah. Let the Holy Spirit just grow in you. Just let him grow and just, I'm just full of the Holy Ghost. I think I'm going to bust. Well, open your mouth and out of belly shall flow rivers of living water this he spake about the spirit which at that time I wasn't given but he's been given and you have him are you with me now that God the fixer upper will raise those dry bones up out of the ground breathing life into them just like he did Adam and bring forth the miracle working power of Jesus Christ that we so desperately need Please bow with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this time together. God, I ask you uh, to bring Holy Spirit in a special, significant way even right now. I ask you, Lord, for uh, showing people where they are with you, what they need to shed today, how they need to shed it. I thank you, Lord, that uh, we all have weaknesses that we need to get rid of. And I thank you, Father, that uh, you will reveal those to us. So I thank you that you're revealing things right now. And as we take just about 30 seconds, just ask the Lord to show you what he wants to reveal to you right now. In Jesus' name. When you get something from God, just uh, between you and him, do business. Ask him to forgive you. Receive it. If we confess our sins, he's faithful to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all, all unrighteousness. We enter his throne of grace that we may be able to obtain mercy And find grace in time of need. We do so because of the blood of Jesus Christ. That's the only way you can get into the throne room. Thank you for mercy, Father. Thank you for mercy. And God, thank you for empowering us with grace and with your spirit. To fulfill your dreams, Father. We want to fulfill your dreams. Thank you for choosing us as partakers in your dreams. And we praise you and thank you in the name of Jesus. And all the people said? Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah.
1: Hallelujah, Hallelujah! wasn't that word amazing? Hallelujah, it challenges, everyone say challenges. Hallelujah, the word of God is meant to challenge us, hallelujah, it's to stir us, to prod us, hallelujah, unto the good things that God has in store for us. We are a part of a mighty army, aren't we? We are part of a mighty, exceeding, and that's what I kept hearing, an exceeding great army. Hallelujah, we are a part of that, hallelujah. And, and as we are a part of that, but that, that army is filled with the love of God. It's filled, hallelujah, it's founded, its foundation is love, hallelujah, and it stirs and activates us, hallelujah. His love compels us, hallelujah. And so I want us to be reminded as we give today... Hallelujah. Let's give out of that compulsion of love that he has for us. That intimate time that we have. The, the corporate time that we have. The things that God has in store for this body. Hallelujah. He said that we are going to we are great. We're kind of like a mega church. Hallelujah. We may not be big in number right now, but God has great things. And so out of that, let us give out of the abundance of our heart. Hallelujah today as we give. Don't forget that uh, uh, we, we give online. We give through the text. We also give with the drop box there in the back, or with the card, with the envelope. You can give several different ways. Hallelujah. We just pray over the offering. We just thank you, Father God, that the offering is blessed, going directly to the things that are going to help promote the kingdom of God. We just thank you for it, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen? Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Jeremy? All
2: right. I got the announcements again this morning. I didn't mess up too badly the first time a few weeks ago. Um, So, first and foremost, uh, make sure you sign up for text alerts. So, you just text TOMORROW, capital T-M-R-W, to 97000, and uh, that way you can just make sure you stay informed with everything that we got going on and i know pastor dan has um, at the beginning of the service mentioned it and we've been mentioning it but um, i needed it because i realized i still hadn't signed up but make sure you sign up if you're wanting to take part of um, john george this weekend so this saturday you can either text it or get the flyer and it's got the um the, the bar code, the QL, what are they called, QL code, QR codes? If you don't know how to use them, you just open up your camera and scan it with your camera and it'll bring a pop-up and then you click on it and then it'll take you directly to the registration. So uh, anywhere that you see those things, they're all over the place now since we're super tech everywhere. But that's how you use that. Um, if you don't want to do it, um, if you aren't a computer or phone person, you can talk to Mr. Brad. I'm gonna call you Mr. Brad um, and he'll do it manually with you this morning. Uh, We just want to make sure that everyone we have enough that you're fed. Um, So especially for the men, particularly you need to register, um, and then grab these women and men and to hand out so we can just make sure people are invited. Um, so I think that covers that. I was told to go over that three times because people haven't been registering, but I'm going to save you two more times. Make sure you register (laughs) if you plan on coming, invite people and register. Okay. Um, and then, um, starting this Wednesday at seven, we have uh, a two weeks two part series about worldviews, and that's I'm really excited about that. I can nerd out about worldviews personally. So, um, and really, you kind of touched on it a little bit today, um, and so it's going to be really cool to see. You know, Christianity is a worldview, um, and we want to make sure that we are looking at the the world with a Christian Orthodox biblical lens. Um, Because there's a lot of things that's going on around the world and a part of the church that has infiltrated the church and may sound Christian on the surface level, but it's really insidious that it kind of just is rooted in the seedbed of postmodernism and all the things that can come up from that root. Um, So that will start this Wednesday at 7. So we encourage you to come here or to be here at 7 on Wednesday for that and then... um, I think, that is. I think that's it. So I'm just going to dismiss us with prayer. Um, so bow our heads, Father. Thank you for uh, the word that was spoken this morning. Thank you for uh, the insight that was given, the uh, word that edified, encouraged, and convicted and challenged us this morning. Father, we pray that it goes deep down inside of us, that it grabs root and uh, just does its work that it was meant to do this morning Uh, father we thank you that we are um, chosen and enlisted into your army to be beneficial to uh, the cause of christ father and so we just um, take a hold of that responsibility that has been um, given to us from you the moment we receive christ and we run with it we go forward Um, ministering, not just focused as Christians to be ministered to, but to take that step and begin to minister to other people, to minister your healing, your freedom, to minister um, your love and compassion that we find in Christ. So we thank you, Father. We love you. And uh, we just pray for a blessed, successful, prosperous, beautiful uh, week in these upcoming days. Thank you, Father. Amen. Amen.